0: Daily with Jason Mertes, and welcome to your Thursday, January twenty-first edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. We got a ton to get into in this episode, uh, including a preview of the Flyers Bruins game. Flyers right now sitting in the top spot in the East Division of the NHL. They have four games played, three three wins, one loss, six points, tied at the top in points with the Washington Capitals, who've also played four games. 2-0-2 are the Caps, though, on the season, and they've lost two straight. The opponent tonight is the Boston Bruins at TD Garden. Through three games, they are 1-1-1 with three points, sitting behind the Flyers, Capitals, Devils, Islanders, Penguins, And then the Bruins one point ahead of the New York Rangers and also the Buffalo Sabres, who we just saw the Flyers play two against. It'll be two against the Boston Bruins beginning tonight at TD Garden. They'll be back for the second game of this mini road stand in Boston on Saturday before heading to New Jersey to take on the Devils, who are off to a really good start this year. Devils don't have a loss in regulation on the ledger. They are 2-0-1 on the season They've looked like a much different team than last year. I know it's early, and there's a small sample size, uh, but they did lose in the shootout to Boston in their first game of the season. Then they beat Boston in overtime 2-1, to one, and then they beat the New York Rangers 4-3. to three. Mackenzie Blackwood has given the New Jersey Devils real good goaltending here early on, and Jack Hughes has looked very good, the former number one overall pick. Didn't have the greatest of rookie seasons last year, but has looked like a different player this season. And when you couple that with the fact that they're also missing Nico Heischer and Jesper Brott, uh, the Devils could be a team that maybe surprises some people. A 56-game schedule could allow for a surprise team in just about every division, plus the fact that it's hockey and the variables are aplenty. Uh, Some Flyers news, obviously we know that uh, Morgan Frost and Phil Myers each left the game on Tuesday night against the Buffalo Sabres with injuries. Uh, We're still waiting word uh, on an update on the injuries. The Flyers did make a move. They have assigned defenseman Derek Pouliot from their AHL affiliate, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, to the Flyers' taxi squad. He'll likely take the spot on the taxi squad of Mark Friedman. Uh, Mark Friedman probably going to draw into the lineup Uh, We don't know the severity of the Phil Myers injury just yet. Um, It didn't look good. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not positive, but uh, we'll see how Chuck Fletcher handles this situation. Uh, Phil Myers is going to be at an extended period of time, and it could be, um, based on what you saw in, in the game then uh, this could necessitate even a further move. We'll talk about that with Twitter questions coming up. I'm sure it'll be addressed in that uh, section of this podcast. So Phil Myers out, Morgan Frost out. What do the Flyers do if Morgan Frost is out? You're already missing Sean Couturier. That's the reason Morgan Frost went into the lineup. So what are the options? Well, one of the options is to move Claude Giroux to center and have him as one of your top three uh, centers, along with Kevin Hayes and uh, Nolan Patrick. Or you could move Scott Lawton up. You could bring Connor Bunneman into the lineup and he could play fourth line center, keep Jeru at a wing. Or you could move Connor Bunneman up. Or you could move Connor Bunneman up and have him play center and move Scott Lawton to a, a top three line center position. So a lot of different options here. Um, Connor Bunneman's a guy that can play the wing or play center. Uh, but we'll see where Chuck Fletcher goes with this as Sean Couturier is going to be at a couple of weeks. Uh, with his injury and sure, still not sure of the severity of the Morgan Frost injury at this point. But they do have some options available when it comes to filling that void. Uh, The void that is, to me, more worrisome is the Phil Myers situation. Uh, It's a top-four defender, a guy that is being called on to kill penalties this year. A tremendously valuable player that I think means a lot to the team, plus his chemistry with Travis Sanheim. Uh, So how uh, Chuck Fletcher, uh, Elaine Vigneault, and the Philadelphia Flyers handle this situation with the Phil Myers injury uh, remains to be seen. Uh, We'll be looking for updates coming up all day today uh, on this Thursday to find out. Exactly what the MRI showed. Maybe the team's getting a second opinion uh, on Phil Myers' injury and Morgan Frost. Not sure, uh, but we'll see how this plays out and hoping for the best with regards to both of those players and in particular, Phil Myers. Uh, of course, Shane Goss's pair is still not available in COVID protocol. So uh, that could be an option that helps as well. We'll see if Elaine Vigneault would choose to dress Shane spare along with Eric Gustafson in the same lineup, two similar players and similar skill sets as well. Also, uh, yesterday, the National Hockey League did announce that it fined the Washington Capitals $100,000 for player violations of the league's COVID-19 protocols, which involved social interactions among team members who were in close contact but not wearing face coverings. Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet also added that the uh, COVID related absence list for the Washington Capitals now, that are the guys that are now in COVID protocol Evgen- Evgeny Kuznetsov, Dmitry Orlov, Alex Ovechkin, and Ilya Samsonov, the goaltender. That's a big loss to their roster. Um, you don't just replace Kuznetsov, Orlov, Ovechkin and their number one goalie Samsonov and get away with it. This is something very interesting to keep an eye on uh, how the Capitals overcome this, how long those players will be dealing with this COVID related absence as Frege put it, uh is going to be something really interesting to keep an eye on uh, for for a lot of teams as this affects through the season. You know, you can lose players to injury. Just generic regular old hockey injuries and now we can lose players to COVID-related absences, as we're seeing with Shane Gostespierre as well. But Kuznetsov, Orlov, Ovechkin, and Samsonov, boy, that is a heavy blow to the Washington Capitals, no doubt about it. All right, in this episode, we're going to get to a bunch of Twitter questions. I put out a solicitation after the Flyers' 3 nothing win. Uh, against the Buffalo Sabres on Tuesday night. Didn't have a chance to get to them in yesterday's episode, so we're going to fire off a bunch of these in this episode. We'll be back at it tonight. Flyers will be taking on the Bruins, and we'll have a breakdown episode for you tomorrow. But let's get to the Twitter questions. And we start with Andrew Alton. He says, It's looking more and more that the early departure of Matt Niskanen is really going to play a role as the season wears on. Do you think Chuck Fletcher looks to add a tough right handed D to fill the void? left by Matt Niskanen? Well, that's a good question. And a lot of this will pend the situation with Phil Myers. Is Phil Myers out two weeks? Is he out four weeks? Is he out three months? Is he out six months? Um, that will ma- that will determine maybe how Chuck Fletcher handles the situation. If, if Myers is out long term then you look into the trade market. I would imagine he would do exactly that. And I think obviously all options are on the table. But Uh, replacing Matt Niskanen is difficult because you're looking at a right shot top D and that's a hard thing to find. That's a bit of a unicorn, Uh, a guy that can handle the minutes, play alongside Ivan Provorov from uh, a uh, chemistry standpoint and be able to kill penalties and do all those things, be on power play too, all those different things. It's a lot of boxes to check and it's easier said than done because a lot of teams that have a top pairing D that's a right shot don't really want to give it up. But, Given this situation and pending the Phil Myers injury, I'm sure Chuck Fletcher is going to turn over every leaf and see what his options are and, and try and make the best decision. Uh, Chris Montero tweets in. He says, it's uh, not ideal watching the Flyers' smallest player in Travis Konechny play the role of enforcer night in and night out. What are some realistic options for the team to bring in some grit to their game, uh, either trade or call up? Well, I'm look, Sam Moran was just moved to winger. I don't think he's going to be ready to play wing in the NHL anytime soon. Um, I know he had a good camp, and he's adjusted decently to the position change, but there's, that's a big difference playing in NHL games than performing in camp and trying to adjust. Um, Travis Konechny, I, I don't think he plays the role of enforcer. Uh, I think he plays the role of agitator. I think it's what he does, he, and he really had the, the mouth going the other night with Jack Eichel and other key members of the Buffalo Sabres. They do have some guys that can throw it around physically, guys like Nicholas Albay Kubel, like Michael Raffle. Now you're not looking at the biggest hitters in the NHL, but some guys that can play a physical game. Uh, but I think what you're looking for, Chris, is something more like a Tom Wilson type player. Um, and look, th- there are not many players like that. They are great when you have them, but there's not many out there that can throw it around physically like that, handle, you know, be able to th- throw hands the way they can, and be able to play hockey. That's the key. Like Tom Wilson, say what you want about him. He's a good hockey player. Uh, he he kills penalties. He's a guy that Peter Laviolette's going to put on the ice in the final minute, a couple shifts of a game, to preserve a one-goal lead. So there's not many guys like that. Um, you look at Tampa Bay last year, and before they went on to win the Cup, they made some additions of Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow, and they brought in Patrick Maroon. And those are some sandpaper guys as well, but um, – what are you going to take out of the lineup to bring that in? That is the question, and how far in that direction do you want to go? You know, for years, Flyers fans wanted them to move away from the the hard worker, mucker, and grinders, and now that they have, it's like you kind of want a little bit of that back, and I understand it because you do need to have a little bit of accountability on the ice for the opposition. Uh, Anthony, at Spunky41182, says, With the injuries to Coots, Frost, and Phil, do you chalk it up to a short camp with no preseason, or another reason is having the amount of depth they do fill in a huge advantage as the season moves along. Well, they do have depth, yeah, absolutely, and that's that's great. Um, not only team depth, organizational depth as well. Um, but as far as chalking up the injuries, I don't chalk it up to no preseason. Um, these are kind of – I mean, you're talking about an injury to Sean Couturier's breastplate. I don't think training any harder or anything would have prevented that. If Phil Myers, if he's dealing with a knee – I don't think training would have – it's not like he blew it in a non-contact situation and he just pushed it too hard. So if that were the case, I would look at it a little bit differently. Frost was hit, and, you know, those things are going to happen. Those things happen in hockey. So, no, I don't I don't chalk it up to that. Plus, did we see those injuries when they came back after the layoff from the pause in March to the return to play in August? We didn't see that. So uh, these players keep themselves in excellent physical condition. It's just a physical sport, and sometimes those things happen. Uh, Mike Brockman, at Mike Brock. Hope I said that, Mike. Hope you're well. Uh, he says, does Brian Elliott deserve the start tonight against the Boston Bruins? And, of course, that's based on maybe the, the 33 minutes, the half a game that he played uh, against the Buffalo Sabres on Monday in relief, and then obviously the 40-save shutout um, in the game on Tuesday. Does he deserve the start? Absolutely. I mean, he got a shutout (laughs) and he made 40 saves and was the key reason why they won the game, made huge saves at big points in that hockey game. Um, Will he get the start? And would I start him? No, I would go back to Carter Hart. Um, You're going to get Brian Elliott starts, but your number one goaltender is Carter Hart. So with a couple of days rest now and a chance to reset mentally after that tough game on Monday for Carter Hart, tough team for the team. His team didn't do him any favors in that one. Uh, All that said, yeah, you go back to him. He's your number one. You don't have a goalie controversy here. Uh, You go back to to Carter Hart. You're going to get your games in for Brian Elliott, and uh, I imagine he'll get one of the devil games. Maybe he even gets Saturday against the Boston Bruins. But uh, I would go back to Hart in the game this evening. Uh, Kizis, at Kizis on Twitter, says, Drew has zero goals in his last 20 straight games, going back into last season, obviously. He says, when does this become concerning? He said, I know you'll say that his game isn't to score goals, but that's a quarter of a season with no goals. I feel like he's been invisible so far this season on the ice. Um, I don't think he's been invisible at all this season on the ice. Um, I saw a lot of people actually commenting on this on social media during the Buffalo game on Tuesday, that he looks much faster. He's got burst. I I think that the return to play was a tough situation for him. I think he's looked... And in camp as well, he's looked extremely explosive, almost turned the clock back. Uh, I think he's generated a lot of offense so far this season. He's gotten a couple of assists. I I think his game looks clean. I think that his game looks dialed in. Not completely, but um, I, I think his game looks pretty close to where he would like it to be for a regular season, despite the fact that there was no preseason in a shortened camp. Uh, Does the fact that he's got zero goals in his last last 20 games, is that concerning? I'd like him to score a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, Is it concerning? I, I can't go back to last year and count that against him this year. If it was 20 games this season, then I would be concerned. But it's not. The bubble was a totally different world. And coming back after the pause totally different. You can't just lump them together and go, oh, 17 games last year, and now three games this year. It just doesn't work that way for me. So um, if it's 20 games this year, Keys, I'll be I'll be concerned. I doubt that will happen, though. Uh, Brendan Heisler, he said, can the Flyers keep, uh, keep the pace up and make the playoffs if they are forced to play without Coots and Myers? Well, I think Sean Couturier, from what I understand, uh, will be back in a couple weeks. Um, the injury maybe wasn't as significant as they originally thought it was. Uh, but Phil Myers, we're not sure about yet. So the Phil Myers loss, if that is indeed long-term, uh, I think that they're going to have some decisions to make and and how they fill that void. Is it Mark Friedman? Can you put Eric Gustafson and Shane Gossespierre in the lineup together? Um, is that a redundant skill set with those two players and maybe not strong enough defensively. A lot of things to consider here. I think Chuck Fletcher is going to have to look at all options. And when I mean all options, I mean looking into the trade market as well to find a veteran D-man that's at least a top-four D-man, if that is the case. Uh, Goose still at home. Not the real Goose on Twitter says, Think uh, Sam Moran gets a call-up if Frost is hurt. Slide G back to center. No, I don't think that. I just don't think that that's um, one of their – Ace moves to pull when an injury to Frost, if he can't go, uh, would be to call Sam Moran up. I think it would be call, to call Connor Bunneman up. Um, to put call Sam Moran up and put him on the wing at this point, I think, would be uh, would be a really ill-fated decision at this point. Uh, at OC Stagger, Stagger Lee, my good buddy Ed Riddy he said, Given the games you've seen, who is the toughest matchup for the Flyers in the East? So in the division, who is the toughest matchup? It's hard to tell because, I mean, I look at these teams, and I, I don't know who's who yet. I thought the Rangers would be better. They're off to an uneven start at 1-2. and two. The Capitals are 2-0-2. They lost to the Devils, and but now they're without Samsonov, Ovechkin. But I guess all said on paper, the one team to me is still the Islanders because of that size, because of the guys like Anders Lee and Josh Bailey and Matthew Barzell who signed that three-year contract. To me, that's still the team from a matchup perspective that is very difficult for them to deal with uh, because they are so big and they're so strong. Uh, Todd Eisenhard tweets in and he says, would Yandel make a difference on this team? Keith Yandel. He says, I think so. Maybe giving Ghost up, similar contract. I think he'd add leadership that Niski left behind. Plus, he's good friends with Hollywood. Uh, that would be Hollywood Hayes. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Hayes and Yans are really good friends. Um you know, when I first saw this question after the game against Buffalo, I was just kind of like, "Well, where are you going to put him?" But kind of seeing that maybe this Phil Myers thing could be more significant than I thought, then maybe it is an option. So, um, he's an interesting player. He's got an Iron Man streak that's going, been going on and on and on, um, but. They may be in a situation where they got they got to do something, and he clearly is a is a name that they're shopping out of Florida. So Keith Yandel in this situation may be an option. I, I don't love the option. Um, I think there's some other names out there that I would have to consider, like Jalmerson or something like that. Um, I'd have to look around. But, look, Chuck Fletcher's got to turn over a lot of rocks if, again, Phil Myers is out for an extended period of time. Colin Newby tweets, and he says, with a lot of talk about needing a number two defenseman, are we selling Sanheim short? I heard you compliment his pairing with Myers as a great 3-4, but is his ceiling higher? Yeah, it possibly is. The only thing, Colin, is this, is that he's a left shot. He's not a right shot. Now, they did put him in that game against Buffalo on Tuesday on the right side as a left shot. Um, Ideally, and Elaine Vino is a big believer, and I know Chuck Fletcher is as well, that you love to have right shot, left shot for your d men. That's not, that's ideal, but it's, sometimes it can't be accomplished. Um, I, I do worry about him in a top pair situation as a left shot on a right D. So we'll see, we'll see though. But I mean, I think he's a really good player. I think his development has been really astounding. He's such a good skater. He's gotten more physical. The shot's gotten bigger and heavier and, um, and he's also really rangy with his stick. He's a good defender. And he knows when to, to activate defensively in the offensive zone and when to get out of the zone to, to reacquire his position as a D-man. So um, we'll see. But the only thing is is that you have a left-shot top-pairing defenseman in Ivan Provorov, and he's also a left-shot. So maybe that plays into it a bit. Uh, Mike Meal tweets, and he says, Do you expect a move to acquire a D-man if Myers is out long-term, or would they rely on Friedman or shift more in back to D? Uh, Look, I think Sam needs to play in the AHL before anything is considered about playing D or wing or anything at the NHL level. Um, Nothing against Sam, but he's got a long way to go. He hasn't played hockey in basically three years. Um, As far as Mark Friedman goes, I think Mark Friedman's a guy that is very steady, very calm, very good skater. But is is he going to be high level enough for them to really, really be a contender? Um, he can get you by periods of time, and, and maybe Chuck Fletcher looks at it that way. Let's put Mark Friedman in, see what Mark Friedman can do, and if he doesn't seem overwhelmed at any point, we just keep riding it. If he does, then maybe we look at some other options. But I like Mark Friedman. I think he's a good player. Um, I think he's was a good depth signing for them. Uh, I haven't seen enough of his game to know if he can play at that top level yet um, with, with long-term inconsistency. What I've seen of him, though, absolutely, he has. Uh, At NickyNeck21 tweets in and says, did it feel like the Flyers were on their heels the majority of the second period and a little into the third period of the second Buffalo game until the Voracek goal? Just not consistent enough in the Buffalo games. Um, A little bit in the second period, but hockey's a game of momentum. You know, you have momentum. The other team's trying to take it. They take it. You're trying to get it back. Those things happen. You're not going to dominate start to finish. What I looked at in the game that I thought was good was I saw – 60 minutes of hard-playing hockey and high effort. That's You're not going to have momentum and you're not going to dominate territorially the majority of a game. There's going to be a period or half a period or three-quarters of a period where the other team has their opportunities. That's why good goaltending is so important because when you don't have momentum and the other team is on top of you, if your goaltending can bail you out until you gain momentum back, that's how you win. So, okay. I think I answered that. Logan G tweets in. He says, Oscar has been giving 110% through the first week of the season, but can he keep it up? And how does, uh, how, and if he does, how will that impact the rest of the team? Uh, Oscar's always been a really hard worker, even before the Ewing sarcoma diagnosis. That's just the way he is. That He's a fifth round pick that, you know, went to his first camp and didn't look like he'd be able to skate at the NHL level, worked his butt off, and has turned into a really good player. As far as how, you know, his work ethic and the and his play affects the team. It's huge. He's a very important player for this team. He kills penalties. He plays on the power play. He's always willing to jump over the boards and do whatever the coach asks. Uh, all right, last question. Kevin Thate at Big KT23. Hope I said your name right, Kev. Um, he said, do you think the constant changing of lines is interfering with building chemistry between certain players, specifically the young guys? Well, they only did it once this year so far. Elaine Vigneault kept the same lines for the first three games. Now, some injuries changed that dynamic. Obviously, Couturier out, Frost came in. Uh, Those kind of things. But, uh, no, those things happen. Look, when things aren't going well, if you just sit there and don't make any changes and sometimes expect a different result and it doesn't change, you look like a fool. So you have to make changes. Hockey players are used to that. A lot of times what you do, though, with forwards— is you'll group a center and a wing together. And you'll go, okay, these two guys are staying together. Let's change that third component. All right? So you would have Drew and Voracek were together for years. All right? Who's who's the other winger on that line when Drew, this is when Drew was playing center? Is it Travis Konechny? Is it so-and-so? You know, you would make those changes. You tend to try and group them together in twos, and then the third is the component that sometimes changes. Um, not always, but... Look, the injuries already have necessitated some changes that maybe they didn't want to make uh, as well. All right, uh, that is going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Everybody, thanks for listening. It's game tonight between the Flyers and the Bruins. We'll see if the Flyers can get their first road win of the season at the TD Garden against the Bees. Everybody, have a great rest of the day. Enjoy your hockey tonight, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's play.